Hello and welcome to The Donfather, a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. And we did it. We finally got over the line in a game of football. We're off the mark for season 2022. And Laura, how do you feel about it? I'm excited. It's good to have a win on the board finally. Um, And it was a, a pretty good game, I thought, overall. Um, and it's always good to win in a close one. So that real excitement as a footy fan when it comes down to the wire and you don't know which way it's going to go. Mm, mm. It's, um, and I have to say, overall, it was a cracking game of football. It was. It was a really good game of football. It was high scoring. It was very evenly balanced. No team really got on top for any great length of time. Although I have to say my impression of the overall game is that we were in control for large parts of the game without ever kicking away um, and kind of getting reward for our dominance. Um, but overall, as, as, a, as a neutral fan, I think you'd say that was, that was a good spectacle on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I agree. And it was, it was pretty much how you guys um, predicted it would go actually on last week's um, episode in terms of being evenly matched and a fairly high scoring game. Mm. So it was really good to watch. It was really good to watch. And I agree with what you said actually about how um, Essendon looked in control. Cause there was a few times when I looked at the scoreboard to say, if I'd you know been away, gone to the toilet or whatever. And I looked at the scoreboard and I was like, Oh, the clothes crows are actually quite close. And I didn't expect that it was that close because it did look like Essendon were on top for a lot of it. Yeah, I felt personally that the Crows were lucky to be in the game sort of halfway through the third quarter. It just felt to me that every time Essendon got some momentum or was able to create a turnover or whatever, they'd get a cheap free kick somewhere that had just changed, just turned the game on its head a little bit and just let them kind of claw back some momentum, whether they scored from it or whether it stopped us from scoring or whatever it was. That Yeah, there just seemed to be quite a few instances where it seemed like, you know, if Essendon got another goal or whatever, that the game would break open and flow from there. But mm. for some reason, we never got that opportunity. Yeah, it just never, yeah, it just never broke open, did it? They they were, um, yeah, you're right. They did get a few things that sort of helped them sort of stay in the game and it just never blew out. But it was a good game to watch. It was a good mm. game to watch. Yeah, being on, on the right end of the result, I, I'm really happy with the way that the game was. Had we lost this game, I would have been really filthy. Yeah, I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, you know, as a spectacle, I thought a really, really good game. Yeah, I agree with you. It was a good way to spend a Sunday afternoon. Finally, finally, after all those weeks, all those weeks. And it just makes the whole week a little bit better, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, for sure. You get to rock into work on Monday. Your team hasn't lost. You've got some things to look forward to. You know, you, we've got Fremantle coming up, so you kind of get a bit more interested in in the ins and outs and what's going on. It's just a much better way. It's it's quite sad how much our mood is determined by how successful your football team's going. Oh, I know. Well, it'd be good to go in and finally quieten down my employee that's a Carlton supporter that is just has been painful to deal with for the last four weeks because he thinks that the Carlton's going to win the premiership. So it's good to go in there with a win. Mm, definitely. And you know what's even better is that actually currently 
the sun's abating, Carlton. So should that continue, it'll be even better going into work tomorrow. Yeah, it's a decent margin. It's about five goals. Mm, yeah, but we're not here to talk about Carlton. No, the scum. We'll talk about them once a year when we play them. That's and it. That is all. That is all. Exactly. Um, so why don't we take a little bit of a break, Laura, and then when we come back, we can jump into our likes and dislikes and really get to the nitty-gritty of, of the game that we saw today. Sounds like a plan. Sometimes you have to pay credit where credit's due. Are you about to admit you were wrong? Is that what's Sometimes about to happen here? You have to admit that you're wrong, but also take a little bit of credit for seeing in someone what they could have been, not who they were being. And the first like, finally after three weeks that I have to talk about, is two meter Peter. Yeah, you do. You need to give him some credit. Do you, and look, this is probably not his most complete game that he's played. He did fade in the second half when um, Adelaide made an adjustment, put someone into his space and those sorts of things. And he missed a couple of shots late um, or sort of in the second half that he normally would have kicked. He could have finished with five goals. As it is, finished with three. Um, but... He has gone with his confidence, he's grown, he's really impacting the contest so much better than he was even last year, even in his his best game against the Bulldogs. He's really got a commanding presence now. And what I saw today, more importantly than his one grab marking, which I've always said, if he could make those marks that he gets to, then he'll tear a game apart, is when he didn't get to the ball first, he hit the pack really, really hard. And I think this needs to be for us um, the standard amount of effort that we get from Peter Wright. Not that, not that I'm ever saying that he was lazy, um, but that impact on the pack, that impact on the contest is what we need every week from Peter Wright. And I am pleased to say that my first like has been Peter Wright's performance. And, and honestly, the last three weeks. Round one, no one was good. And the last three weeks, he's been quite good. Yeah, I thought he had a really good game today. And I think maybe he just needed some time to build some confidence and some time and consistency. And now that we're a little bit down in our forward line, he's been allowed the space. You know, last year, um, Kale Hooker was playing that kind of key forward position. And maybe that was somehow impacting Peter Wright's ability to impact the contest or to really find his place in that forward line. And now that we're really diminished, he has the space and he has the the ability to show us all what he's made of. I think the second ruck is helping because he's spending the whole time in the forward line. Mm. Um, whereas last year he would spend time on the, on the ball. And even in, in round one, he spent time on the, on the ball. But what I like is that they've gone with a second ruck and Peter Wright is just the number one key forward. Um, mm. And I think I think it's paying dividends. I thought that with no other forwards in the team, um, he would really struggle, but he hasn't at all. It's been the opposite. He's really... He's really come into his own. Mm. Mm. Yep, I agree. So, he had a really great game. And the thing that I really like about Peter Wright is this was probably his worst game in front of goal. 
um, mm. is when he takes a mark, he generally kicks him. He's very, very accurate. So, mm. um, you know, sometimes you got to admit when you're wrong. And he has become the player, like Cutler last year, he has become the player that his talent always said he could be. And this is a really good baseline for him now going forward for him to perform like this week in, week out. And with some extra support in the forward line, I can see it getting better and better. Yeah, let's hope because he had a really good game. So if he can continue that, I think it holds us in good stead going forward. Mm. Very good. Well, let's go to one of my likes. Um, Sam Draper. What a legend. I just really mm. like that kid. I just love everything is about. He's like a real old school footy player, you know, with the mullet and the attitude. And I thought he had a great game in the ruck and then just topped it off by kicking the winning goal right in mm. the dying minutes of that last quarter. He's just so exciting. And I just love that he's just a bit rough around the edges and just a real old school kind of footy player. Mm. Um yeah, but I, I think that he, as he continues to develop, is going to be an excellent player and an excellent ruck. He was definitely better today. He's been really down the last few weeks um, by his... And I mean, when we say down, he's played 20 games. So he's got a lot of learning to do and he's going to get better and better. He's definitely talented, right? But he he really responded today. He was really aggressive. He took his marks well. His kicking's improved. and that late goal that essentially won us the game was really, really well done. So I agree. I think he I think he had a much better game. I think he's being helped a little bit by um, Andrew Phillips and the experience of Andrew Phillips, not having to be everywhere. Phillips mm. is is a very good footballer, a very experienced footballer, and he just knows where to stand and that sort of thing. So I think letting Draper rest a little bit more and not having the pressure of being that intercept marker or whatever it is um, really helped him. Yeah, I agree. He had, yeah, he did a really good job. And I actually quite like Andrew Phillips in the team as well. Mm, well, I've been calling for it all year. You have. You've actually been calling, been calling it for, it for the last, last year. two years. Yep. Andrew yeah, Phillips is a really, really good AFL ruckman. Um, he's serviceable. You know what you're going to get. His effort. He can take a grab. He's a good kick. I don't know why they hadn't been playing him sooner. Mm. I, it, yeah, I can't it, answer that, but I like it. I like that he's It serves everyone team. better. Peter Wright's better. You know, he doesn't have to ruck at all. It, yeah, he's a good player. I'm really happy. Mm. And that's another like. Andrew Phillips, really, really happy with his performance. Um, one more obvious one, maybe, is um, Matt Guelphie. His pressure around the contest, his pressure on the ball, his smothers. I mean, he doesn't necessarily get a lot of stats. Let's have a look at him. He's, he's often in... Um in my likes, like he's just somebody who doesn't always, you know, kick a goal or doesn't always have these huge moments, but I've, I always notice him just being really hard at the contest and always, you know, hitting the tackles and just really putting in a lot of effort and going in really hard around the ground. I noticed that week in, week out. Mm -hmm. And obviously again, his smother quite late in that fourth quarter. Mm also saved the game for us. Um, I think yeah. that was in the same play, wasn't it, with um, Sam Draper's goal? No, Sam Draper kicked one earlier and, right. and the ball came back down um, and then Guelphie stopped it. You know, that mm. that five seconds, ten seconds delay was was enough. Ended up being yeah. enough. Yeah, um, definitely. 
He's had 21 touches, so the same as Dylan Shields. He's actually had... This is probably his best game for the year, but it wasn't his kicks, handballs, marks. It was his pressure. It was his... Mm. It was two really key smothers, that one in particular, but there was one earlier in the game. Um, I'm really happy with him. I'm happy to play him in whatever role he's doing right now. He can stay in the team. I'm really Yeah, and that's what I always notice about him, though, is his pressure and his hardness mm-hmm. um, in the contest. Like, I, he's a player I love having on the team and he just brings a little bit of in- excitement as well to the game. Mm. Mm. Has no, some flair really to match his platinum blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Another big like Nick Hind responded really well, Both he and Redmond responded really well this week. Yeah. Redmond was going to be one of my likes. I thought both of them had really great games. Um, I think, yeah, especially well, Hines did for sure, but I Redmond was going to be one of my likes. I thought both of them together in the back line was really good. Mm-hmm. Something that I really liked today, and I'm someone, I've said this before, I don't really notice the tactical side of the game. Like you talk a lot with the boys about, you know, the setup and the plays and whatever, but I'm not someone that really watches football from that analytical point of view. But as someone just watching the game, it looked like there was more structure today. Like you could see that they had some set plays that they were really working on and they really looked structured and like they had a plan, which was good to see. Mm. And I'm sure they have that every, every week. But I think possibly the execution today was better. Yeah, I think the the quality of the opposition really told because they're not cutting you up as soon as there's a turnover. Um, and so we were able to set up behind the ball. Um, our forward handball game got going a little bit more because we weren't as under as much pressure. It was a real even contest. And so mm-hmm. when it's like that, you can you can play your natural game. And we actually got to see what the plan was from the Bombers. Um I was still disappointed a little bit with our forward pressure. I thought that could have been better. That's probably a dislike for me. But we're also missing some cattle in the forward line. You know, you add mm-hmm. a tipper in, um, you add a snelling in, um, those sorts of players, and suddenly there's a bit more forward pressure going on. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, on that, speaking of snelling, that moves to one of my dis- dislikes. Um, so more injuries to Stringer and to Snelling. Um yeah, that's really disappointing. So first game back for Snelling. I'm hoping maybe that it was just maybe some tightness or something that he was experiencing and they subbed him out to protect him. But, yeah, it's really disappointing for him to have missed the first three games and then in his first game back to be subbed out at half time. I'm not happy about this at all. It shows that they are getting it very, they're either getting their preparation wrong or they're getting their rehab wrong because you look at the list and the last four weeks of preseason were a disaster for us. Langford coming back from hamstring tightness, bang, goes. Then you've got Snelling today, first game back, goes. You've got Stringer does a hamstring at training. You've got Stewart doing a calf at training. This, it's got to stop. This, this is derailing our season. We can't get any consistency through the players um, and we can't get our first team on the park. And they really, really need to look at what they're doing. If, if Stringer's done a hamstring, it means he's still compensating for the groin injury. If soft tissue injuries, okay, there's a few factors that go into them. There's nutrition, there's sleep, there's a whole heap of things that go into them. But fundamentally, it's biomechanics. And assessing the biomechanics 
is very, very easy because you're going to run like you walk. And so all you need to do, they have so much technology at the football club, is you film them and you put it in slow motion and you measure what's going on, hip, knee, ankle. You measure the angles. You look at the Trendelenburg, so whether they're pelvis drops. You do all those sorts of things. It's so basic and fundamental and they're obviously not doing it and they're obviously not getting it right. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you. I also wonder though whether Stringer, last week was his first game back or the week before? No, he's played, he played two. Played two. I actually wonder whether he was actually ready to come back or whether they were just desperate because we had more injuries and we're running really low on players. Not really low on players, but I guess in key, key players in the positions that they needed. So I wonder whether they actually rushed him back two weeks ago and it's now backfired. Well, they said they weren't rushing him back. So if... If we believe the club saying that he he's not going to play round one because we need to get him right and ready to go, he clearly looked underdone in round two. Oh yeah, he did. Absolutely. He looked better last week, but he was clearly underdone in round two. Mm. Um, so they very clearly, or very obviously to me, did rush him back, and now he's done his hamstring at training. So, and who knows how long he's going to miss? He's going to miss at least another week. Um, yeah, minimum. Potentially two, um, and we're not getting any other reinforcements back soon. So no. I just don't understand. Oh, that's not true. We get Cutler back next week after the COVID protocols. But assuming he hasn't then caught COVID. Mm, mm. So it's really, really disappointing. The football club is absolutely getting it wrong. It needs mm. to change. This was our problem with um, Justin Crow, and it's still a problem now. They're not, whoever's in charge of the injury management and the rehab, whether it's Murphy, whether it's the physios, whoever it is, they're doing a terrible job. Yeah, it's not acceptable, especially this early in the season, to have this many people out with soft tissue injuries. Yeah, it's not on. It's not on. There's not much else to say about that. It's just not okay. Mm. So, Braden Ham. Yes. Struggled today. Struggled again today. Um, he seems to still be getting reprieves because of injuries. I mean, he had some nice passages, but seven disposals, five kicks, two handballs. It's not enough. And there was a couple of mistakes late that really hurt us. Um, Yeah, well, all I can say is I actually didn't even notice that he was playing. So Mm. I guess that says something. Yeah, he's a concern. I think he's talented. I think he could be a player, but I think he needs to run in the twos, to be honest. Just let him get the ball 30 times and let him get some confidence um, and then bring him back into the team when he's ready. I'd, I'd rather see a, a Ben Hobbs playing um, in that position at the moment. I think he's giving us, he'd give us a little bit more. I don't know. There's got to be a reason why they continue to play him, though. Mm. He might be doing his job, but it doesn't look like it for, to me from the, uh, from the sidelines. I wonder if it's a Peter Wright style, like they're seeing something and they're just waiting for it to click, give him a few more weeks, waiting for him to hit his straps and then we're going to see something and go, okay, that's why they were doing that. Mm, could be, could be, but I'm I'm not confident. Not confident. I thought Zerk mm. was really good today. Given, he was good, um, yep. Zerk Thatcher, he was good. He was playing on Taylor Walker. I mean, Walker kicked four goals, but I don't think it was really a destroyation of Zerk at all. Um, and you can no. see at half time 
the difference in chasing down a ball when Stewart kind of trots and lets it go through and Stewart and Zerk gets a hand on it to stop a score at all. Um, yeah. Because had that ball gone through, it wouldn't have gone through for a goal. It was going through for a behind. But had he not touched it, that would have been a score. And ultimately could have been, you know, a, a one-point difference could have been the loss. Well, exactly. Especially with the way the game was today. It was just that effort. It was really good to see from him. And yeah, I thought he had a good game. Speaking of defenders, um, Jordan Ridley, he's another Back one of my best. likes. Yep. I thought that he definitely showed some of his best and some of um, the form that won him the Crichton medal a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really happy with Jordan Ridley today, right from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought he did really, really well. Um, what did you think of the skipper? Um, I thought he was better. I don't think he had any huge, huge impact on the game, but I did think that he was better. And yeah, the, the thing I think, for me was there weren't any glaring mistakes that I can recall from him. Yes, that's what and, I was just about to say. And they were clearly our three worst last week. Uh, Heppel, Hind and Redmond woeful last week. Hind had a really good game. Redmond was was solid as usual. And Heppel, you know, he's had 25 and 15 kicks. I wonder how many, um, actually, I have to check the app on the phone, actually. It's, it's difficult to find on um, on the website. But we'll see. We'll see how many, uh, how many clangers he had. I thought he was much, much better. He was much cleaner today. Yeah, I agree with you. He, yeah, he definitely was much better. This is great podcast material. I know. Well, you should should check these things earlier. Let's just say he didn't have any huge glaring turnovers. Like we weren't, you know, we weren't disappointed with Heppel. 72% disposal efficiency. He had four turnovers, which is much better than Mm -hmm. seven from 22. He had four from 25. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, you expect a couple of turnovers in from those players, given what their job is. Yes. Getting it out of defense under pressure, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, yeah, yeah much, much better game than... Yeah, I just think players. overall, um, I had more confidence in our defense today. They just looked mm. a bit more solid. Mm. McGrath was good. He, he had 88% disposal efficiency, so really happy with his performance. Um, I, I thought... I thought it was really good head-to-head. I don't think anyone really got off the leash against us or were really particularly hurting us, apart from maybe Taylor Walker with his four goals. But there was Mm. no one player that was really stressing me out like there has been in previous weeks. Do you know who was really stressing me out today? Who's that? That female umpire. She was a shocker today. I don't know who she was. do Do you reckon it's because... You notice her because she looks different to generic white male that the other no, umpires are. No, I didn't. It's like the I bald didn't. umpire. It's like when you see a bald umpire. They seem to be worse because they're... they're did, or did we notice her because she made some particularly bad decisions that really could have cost us the game in the end? And it wasn't just one. It was probably easily three or four. Yeah, she was... She was consistently bad for us all and day. She'd made a couple of poor decisions before I then looked, and I was, and then I realised that she looked different to the others. Mm. Yeah, you know, she was, I th- she was woeful. She, yeah, she did. Like she did, almost cost us the game in that last quarter with a couple of 
um, or with one in particular bad decision that had not been paid the opposite way literally seconds before. And she comes in and overrules the other umpire in the area. There was one... Um, oh, I didn't actually realise that. ...where she wasn't the controlling umpire. He saw the incident and didn't pay it, and she came in from the other side and paid it. It's mm. There was some... I, I felt... No disrespect to Adelaide. I felt the only reason they were in the game in the first half and halfway through the third quarter was because every time, as I said in the opening, every time the Bombers were getting some momentum, they'd get some kind of dodgy free kick, which would either result in a scoring opportunity or just stop Essendon's momentum. And Mm. then they had a little patch in the third quarter where they kicked three or four in a row. Um, And then it was an arm wrestle after that. But Mm. that was, yeah, I felt that was quite quite key in keeping the contest. In the second quarter, where there was that, um, there was a free kick paid to Essendon, should have been advantage because they were then in the goal square. She called it back and then ended up being a turnover and resulting in an Adelaide goal. Where really, and, if she had have paid the advantage, Essendon would have scored there. And then there was one where she paid the advantage, but Essendon went along the flanks instead of Peter Wright having a shot from 45. Hmm. And none of the players stopped because none of the players heard the whistle and knew what was going on. They all continued to play and she should have called it back. Because a mm. shot on goal should always... The only time you should play advantage if you're going to pay a set shot is if within the next couple of kicks they're having a shot on goal and it goes through. If not, it shouldn't be advantage. Mm. Yeah. So, I, yeah. Yeah. There are definitely some poor decisions there. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the coaching panel in well, Rutten? Do you think it's a coincidence that Rutten's out and the Bombers win? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I have no comment. Like I said, I don't really um, have a very good tactical brain in terms of football. So uh, I have no answer to your question. That would be intelligent. But you, why don't you tell me what you thought of it? I thought it was really clever um, running with two rucks again to try and blanket Riley O'Brien. I thought our defensive matchups went really well. Um, and I thought early the entry into the forward line was really good. The one thing we didn't do is adjust well from a, the midway point of the third quarter. We were not able to get back to what was going really well earlier for us. Do you think fatigue played a factor? Might have been. Might have been, but it, it seemed clear to me that Adelaide made an adjustment in terms of blanketing Peter Wright and we weren't able to then get someone else free and use him as a decoy and make some adjustments ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Well, I wonder, um, and I don't know, I wonder how much Snelling going out in the second half impacts that. Like, I'm not sure. Mm. Well, Devin Smith was good when he came in. Mm, he was, yeah. And, and the thing that, that you know Devin Smith is good when he's tackling. When his mm. intensity around the contest is good and when he gets tackles done. And certainly, you can tell that that time out of the game has really helped him. Um, it's really fired him up a little bit. Yeah, it must have been just a wake-up call for him to lift his game a little bit, lift his intensity, his effort, and realise that maybe his name is not going to be enough to just get him a game. He actually has to bring the goods and has to perform. So I thought I thought he was really good, as good as Snelling was early. I mean, Snelling was Snelling, right? You know what mm. you're getting with him. Yeah. Um, I'm really pleased with his performance in general before he went off injured. Um, 
but yeah, I thought that um, Devon came in and did a really good job. Mm. How good is Jake Kelly? Excellent. He's actually really good. He's really good. He's so he- solid. He very rarely gets beaten. He tackles hard. He, yeah, he's such a... He's a really good presence, isn't he? Um, Sam Durham. I just love him. Mm, mm. That's all I have to say about that. He just is so, like, again, like Sammy Draper, um, just a, like, old school, tough footballer. He just is so exciting. Mm, mm. No, I really like him. His, his skills are really neat. A bit like Nick Martin. Really happy with his game again today. I think I still am surprised that Nick Martin didn't get drafted. This kid is a dead set gun. Mm. Well, who cares why he didn't? We've got him and he's a gun for us. And let's just be happy about that. Mm. I'm very, very happy about that. He's a really good player. He is a really good player. Mm. Mm. So... I don't know if there's much more to say about this game. I was really pleased with the performance in general. Um, you know, I thought the intensity around the contest was good. I was a bit disappointed that um, all of their midfielders outpossessed us. Um, but apart from that, I thought pretty decent coaching performance um, and good all-round effort, as it is when you get a win. And really pleased, obviously, to get over the line in, in a very close one. Yep, I agree. I think it was a good game and... Yeah, there's really not a lot more to say, is there? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Let's just hope we can continue it on. Well, why don't we take a little bit of a break and then when we come back, we can have a chat about um, the upcoming game against Red Hot Frio. Let's do it. coming up uh, this Sunday, Bombers versus the Frio Dockers. And the Frio Dockers are flying right now. They're 3-1, and one, um, played some, you know, relatively even teams as they've gone about their business. But certainly uh, the big win over the Giants was really massive for their, in the context of their whole season. The Giants are probably another team that's going to be around the same mark as them and potentially around the same mark as us as sort of on the bottom half of the eight, pushing for the eight. I mean, we'll be lucky if we get there this year, but um, in a similar regard or similar sort of fighting for those last few spots. And I have to admit, I didn't watch the game, but I've on, on review, I've gone and had a look at the stats and um, read some reports. And <sighs> Fremantle are a tough one. They're a really, they're, they're a developing side and they're really, really balanced across all lines. They've got some really solid talent in the forward line, some really solid talent in the back line. When you're talking about players like um, Griffin Log, Brennan Cotts, Cox, they've got some really, really solid players, but their midfield is where they really shine. They've got Andrew Brayshaw and really a born again, Will Brody, who was sort of on the, the um, in the sights of our recruiting managers the last couple of years, but we never got him over the line. And now that he's in a team that really rates his inside hardness and he's not sort of fourth and fifth behind really highly talented midfielders, he's really starting 
to shine. He had a massive game last week. Uh, I believe he had something like 35 possessions. 37 possessions. Uh, 18 kicks, 9 handballs. So really starting to show. He was an early draft pick. He kind of um, went in the top 10 in his draft year. So finally starting to get um, the consistency of game time in his natural position that perhaps he wasn't getting at the Gold Coast Suns. So I, I can't really, if I'm very honest, I can't really see a particular weakness for the Dockers. They're, um, they're solid in the ruck with Sean Darcy, another kind of cult hero similar to to um, to Sam Draper there. And he's backed up by Rory Lobb, who I would put in a very similar category to Peter Wright. Um, really highly talented draft pick who's probably hasn't reached the heights that we're expecting of him. So really, really solid, uh, tall, changing ruck there. And that really kind of matches our um, Peter Wright, uh, Sam Draper, and uh, Andrew Phillips matchups through the ruck area of the game. You add in Matt Tabner into their forward line, and that's two really good tall targets that we're going to have a lot of trouble um, containing on the weekend, particularly if we don't get... Um, some good service from Stewart um, if he remains out with his calf injury. Although I was quite pleased with Zerk Thatcher's performance over the weekend, um, we might be might have our hands full with Tabner and Lobb. I think Laverde goes to one of them pretty well, but um, it's the other one that's of concern. Particularly Lobb, he's, he's quite athletic, so we'd have to expect a, a big game from Zerk Thatcher to keep him quiet, or keep, you know, to keep both of those quiet. One that I want to talk about um, who I think is performing exceptionally well for Fremantle is Travis Collier. And I, I want to point him out, obviously, because he was an ex-bomber. But he's playing really well in a position that we're really struggling with at the moment. And that's that high half forward, sort of crumbing small forward. His pace is being used really well. And he's a lot cleaner with his disposal and a lot cleaner with his pickups than he was um, when he was playing for us a number of years ago. So... He's certainly one to watch on the weekend. I certainly hope that uh, the Bombers fans don't end up booing him because he made way in terms of salary cap space so that we could fit in Dylan Shield. And I, for one, remember being quite disappointed at the time that we lost such a good clubman as Travis Collier um, to fit in Dylan Shield. And, you know, I'm really pleased with his performances since he's gone to Fremantle. And I think um, more power to him. Good luck to him. But he's going to be an interesting matchup for us because I think... We really can only afford to have Hind match him for pace. And if we've got Hind lining up on Collier, then that means that uh, Walters could get off the leash. The leash, Although he hasn't been playing great footy this year, to be honest. But another one to really worry about. Very silky, uh, clinical with his finishing normally, um, and, and great skills. So... I guess it's a good test for us and, and to see Jake Kelly because we... We brought him across specifically to be that shutdown defender on those uh, small to medium forwards. So it's going to be interesting to see how our defence matches up against uh, against the Freo Dockers over the weekend. The midfield is really, I think, honestly, um, with the acquisition of Jordan Clark, Andrew Brayshaw in the middle there, um, Will Brody in good form, I think their midfield's stronger than ours. Um, so we're going to need... Some big games from from Caldwell. I mean, Parish keep doing will keep doing Parish things, but I think we're going to need some really big games from our midfield if we're going to match them. The thing in our favour 
is that it's being played at Marvel Stadium and typically Fremantle are terrible travellers, uh, as is true of, of most teams from the West. Uh, typically, they're terrible travellers and we may be able to use some pace on the outside and hit them at Marvel Stadium. But very, very... I, I'm not expecting... I, I'm not going into this game incredibly confident. I think it's a game we can win if everything goes right for us. It's certainly not a game that I'm going in dreading like that we're certain to lose it because that's that's not true either. I think it's another coin flip game. And really, if we want to be taken seriously as a football team, these are the games that um, traditionally Essendon will perform poorly in. The games where we're um, going in as favourites because it's it's our home game or it's a game that we really against someone that's around our mark and they're the ones that ultimately make the dis- difference throughout the season. So it's going to be a tough one. What what are some areas I think we can get on top? I think probably Peter Wright is a little bit too much for either of their key defenders to handle. I think if we can deliver the ball really well to him um, and get him the space that he requires, I think he'll be a really difficult matchup for them. But I do have concerns around us, um, particularly with Snelling going out, keeping enough forward pressure on to keep that ball in the forward line and those forward half turnovers going. Um, so ultimately, where is this game won and lost? As we always talk about, I think it comes down to the midfield. We saw a really good step up from Draper last week. Um, and hopefully, going in with those two those two Ruckman again, I think there's no reason to drop Phillips. Um, and certainly, there's no, there's no reason to drop Draper now that he's getting some confidence. I think... Um, if we can continue on that vein and start to get some dominance around the clearances, we should be okay. If we let their midfield, um, you know, the quality of David Mundy um, and Andrew Brayshaw get on top of us, um, combine that with some run from players like Walters and Collier, I think we'll be in for a really, really tough day. So, um, yeah, I guess that's really where it's at. We win the midfield. We get on top in the ruck. I think we, we've got enough firepower with Peter Wright being too much of a handful for them. Um, if we don't, I think it's going to be a really tough, even fight of a contest going forward. In terms of changes, who do we bring in? Oh, it's really injury dependent. Um, ultimately, I think the players that came in this week, apart from, well, Snelling did a great job while he was on, got injured. I think Devin Smith did enough to get his spot in the starting lineup. And the only other change, as we've spoken about the last few weeks, is I would love to bring in uh, Hobbs for Ham. Um, Certainly Cutler comes back in. Who does he come in for? Not sure. Um, But I would say Cutler comes back in. The only true change that I would make if, if... Cutler's not coming in for Ham, is Ham for Hobbs. But we've got a couple of spots to fill, um, given the injuries to Snelling. I don't think anyone else will be up for the game. I don't think Stringer will be fit. I don't think Stewart will be ready for the game. Um, Let's just cross our fingers and hope that we don't get any more uh, injuries in training this week. So that's going to be us from the Domfather pod. As always, follow us on the socials. Get us on Instagram. Uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere where you find Nuffies talking about their passions, as Essendon is for us. Um, we'll be back next week to dissect the game against Fremantle. Uh, 
And until then, thanks for listening. And go Dons.